0: Welcome to Mac and Blue, where we introduce you to who is building Arizona, bringing you the people and businesses that shape the landscape around us. From economic development and developers, underwriters and lenders, architects and engineers, to the very builders and suppliers that bring it all together. Now let's join our hosts, Robert Johnson and JJ Levinsky, aka Mac and Blue.
1: Welcome, everyone, Uh, another edition of Mac and Blue. I'm JJ Levinsky, president at uh, Blue Wave General Contracting. Um, I am going solo today. My partner in crime, Robert Johnson, as many of you know, is up in Las Vegas. He had Oh, MGM had free lobotomies today, so he wanted to go take advantage of that. <laughs> when he watches and listens to this, he'll he'll appreciate the, the humor. No, he had some work to attend to. So we are very fortunate today to have two guests. We have Annie with an E, Landers, uh, Vice President of Strategic Impact at Junior Achievement of Arizona. And we have Scott Taggart, who is a sales manager at Sims Business Systems. But more importantly, um, Scott is a protege out of the Junior Achievement Program, So uh, I've known Scott from a business perspective and a personal perspective and what Junior Achievement has done. So we thought it would be a great platform and segue to get Junior Achievement in here for a number of reasons. I'll just try to paint the picture and then I'll turn it over to Annie, is that what they're doing with the youth and how much our industry and everything around building Arizona is going to require the next generation. And uh, looking at the wonderful things that you're doing, because we have one of our strategic initiatives here on Mac and Blue was to get some educational episodes, and we think that you fall under that really well. So with that, welcome both of you. And uh, Annie, if you could introduce yourself and then um, dive right in and, and just tell us a little bit about how you got there, what Junior Achievement means to you and how you see it interweaving with the um, community. And then we'll just turn it into a wonderful conversation after that.
2: Oh, thank you so much. I've been with Junior Achievement for about eight years, born and raised here in Arizona. And I've always had a deep passion for helping contribute to our community and not just for the today, but for the long term. I think that you'd be hard-pressed to find anybody in our state who doesn't believe that education is an important and if not one of the most critical aspects of our long-term success as a um as an economy as you know community members and neighbors and just the thriving Arizona So fast forward my whole career. Eventually, I was led to working at Junior Achievement after working in the marketing agency side and nonprofit world. I was drawn to work for JA because of the fact that that's exactly what we're doing. For more than 65 years, we have been a nonprofit that is preparing kids in Arizona, kindergarten through 12th grade, to succeed in work and life. We're giving them the skills to be able to thrive in future careers to even know what those careers might be and to be able to manage their money once they have that success and to be able to think differently in the world and meet the needs of our community.
1: So for the audience, is is JA international, national, regional, state? Uh, give a context of how big it is.
2: Absolutely. So JA is a worldwide organization. We're in almost every country. We are in every state. So there's local areas throughout the entire country. And here we have Junior Achievement of Arizona that oversees the entire state corner to corner of
1: Good. And then what was my next question? Oh, take the audience through um, how you see it like a Scott, like take, go back and Scott, I'm not going to tip away your age. Let's, let's say, (laughs) let's say 15 years ago when he was a young lad. How's that? Like, how, how do you, how do you find the Scots and how do you bring them through your system? Like, let the audience know of what a typical transformation looks like.
2: Yeah, so we are serving about 90,000 students across. Actually, let me rephrase. I heard today 100,000 students a year through junior achievement, kindergarten through 12th grade. And what we're doing is we're meeting those students where they are and however they're learning today. So age-appropriate programming for kinder, first, second, third, fourth, fifth, we're helping them understand the community, the economy, their role of business, their roles, the different industries, um, how they might play a role in their future in Arizona. And as they progress through JA programming Typically through their schools, but not exclusively, they are learning, you know, kind of that their space in that environment. They're learning about all different jobs and industries that make up the success of Arizona, what kind of opportunities they look for, um, where they can make not just a, a good living, but they can have a worthwhile job or the kind that keeps them passionate for the long term. And then they learn that belief in themselves. They understand that they have that potential and they can step into it.
1: Scott, switch it over to you. Think back to when you first found out about J.A., like how old were you and, and how did it look through your lens? Um, let the audience know that. Well, when I first found out about it, it was probably second grade, I think. We had a
3: teacher volunteer come into the classroom and kind of, it was a break for us. And then when I... <laughs> you just wanted recess, yeah, did you? I, Yeah, pretty much. Just kind of fun, fun time to mess around. But then uh, fourth and fifth grade is when I got to go to what's, what used to be called Exchange City. Now um, it's BizTown, I believe. Going through a day in the life of basically the, I mean, a workforce. You know, you mm-hmm. have companies, you have mayors, you have judges, you have everything that you would involve. You get a paycheck, you go spend your money, buy food, you have to, you know, if you break the law, you have to go get a ticket, you know, <laughs> uh, and, and you get... Was you that, know is that judge. your
1: favorite part, Annie? <laughs>
3: I believe it was illegal to step on the grass this at the time I went. I stepped on the grass and so okay, I,
2: you are dating yourself though I because am, yeah. I know when that grass was there and when it went, <laughs> went away.
3: <laughs> yeah, so um I did break the law in exchange City at the time.
1: way to go, Scott okay so now uh, again, I'm trying to paint a picture so everyone can understand this because even I, I, even as much as I've been over to your facility yeah. I still don't know the whole introduction and recruitment thing because I'm thinking about parents and kids and people that are listening or watching, they want to know, well, how do I get exposed? If I don't get exposure at the school, how do I get exposed to JA?
2: So one of the beautiful parts, if you can say that, about the pandemic is that it forced us to do everything differently prior to COVID-19 we had we were exclusively partnered with 400 schools across the state and that's how students participated was through their class
1: 400 you said 400
2: okay. schools so since then what we did is we I like to say that we unleashed ourselves. We unshackled our, our programming so that the average student can get online on our website and get access to any of our free resources. In fact, some of our full programming is in video form on our on our website. And we also launched brand new initiatives. So when Scott went through our physical JA BizTown, and I will say there is nothing at, quite as great as getting to experience that. We now have a digital version that schools who maybe can't take a field trip or student groups who maybe can't can participate. And we have a whole new program for middle and high school students called JA Inspire that's exclusively online and any student in the state can participate and they can get on and they can connect with hundreds of employers, many who are part of Building Arizona, who are on there and are going to be connecting with their future workforce. Okay.
1: Scott, let's let's go back to you and go. So now it's fifth grade, and you finally get to go to the actual. Let's go down the physical path, and we can come back to the virtual. Explain like: Were you there for a whole day? How, like, how does it work?
3: Yeah, so you have some prep time in classroom beforehand. Um, whatever job you get, you have to apply for jobs. Um, uh, my fifth. Do you remember grade, what you applied for? Well, yeah, I ran for mayor. Um, (laughs) I didn't get elected, which I think... If any of you know Scott, that shouldn't surprise any of you. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. But um, so I ran for mayor, and then I ended up actually being the owner of the sports store. I think the Dimebacks um, have Mm -hmm. that now. And so I had to go get a loan from the bank. I had to sell like uh, little pins, flags, stuff like that to make a profit and pay my employees. And it really taught me a lot about being an entrepreneur, mm. about really cool. what it takes to succeed. And that was just, I mean, sports and competitiveness and business kind of go hand in but hand. But it was a
1: whole day event, right? Whole
3: day event, yep. And um, yeah, I went and learned a lot. I didn't know what I was learning, but I, it taught taught you a lot. Go ahead, so
2: Let me color that a little bit. So he's giving us, uh, in the best way, the student experience. What happens before that is that there's about 14 lessons that those students learn in the classroom leading up to that experience so that they're learning all those fundamentals about the economy, what they're going to do when they take out a bank loan, what's going to be their marketing and sales strategy. They're going to apply for those job roles and then they create all those plans together They're then applying all that thinking when they arrive on site at RJE BizTown. Now, for those who haven't seen it, if you're imagining it in your head, you're probably thinking cardboard pop-ups. You're probably thinking some kind of, you know, kind of cool experience. There is nothing like it. It is full facades that would rival even some, I would say, amusement parks. It is the Diamondbacks has actual diamond back seats and diamond back backgrounds so that it looks like they're in the stadium. there's an airplane fuselage. there are all different types of things so the students you can take are getting a trip a to feel. France
1: right yeah, probably for yeah. a dollar
2: maybe yeah, cheapest
1: for- so annie <laughs> stop stop for a minute and go i want to ask about that curriculum piece
2: mm-hmm.
1: How do you work with the different districts or school systems to get that into their curriculum that those, those fourteen lessons yeah I'm through. Cur-
2: Through a lot, a lot of work, right? We have a whole team who partners specifically with all the educators in the state. So I said 400 schools; it's thousands of teachers. We all of our curriculum is state aligned to all the standards, actually federally aligned as well to standards and the things that teachers have to be delivering. So for many, it's actually an engaging and dynamic way for them to meet some of those requirements in the classroom. Um, It's it's even aligned with things like. uh, uh, language learning, you know, English language learners and aligned with socio-emotional skills and things like that. So, so it's see- not
1: necessarily through the, what I would, this is dating myself, social studies or civics. It could be through any curriculum at any school? Yeah, it okay.
2: really depends. So we work with the district or the school level to be able to say, where does this most meet your needs? Sometimes uh-huh. it's a math class. Maybe not specifically BizTown because they're younger, typically, so that typically they might just have one classroom setting, but in middle and high school, it really depends on where the school is meeting it. So in some of our cases, for a ninth grade, many, many ninth graders are going through our J Inspire program as an introductory program in high school.
1: So you said high school. Does it, do you have any programs that go past high school?
2: formally no but i will say that we are doing some programming with what i would consider adult learners maybe people who never completed high school maybe are are pursuing equivalent of you know a diploma even today we heard from one student who is in longer term foster care and he's participating in a program where we're equipping these foster these students in foster care to have a thriving future despite what they faced
1: yeah i've heard a lot of uh, movement on the foster care stuff within the state i know i was at a meeting not too long ago with uh, EVIT-based, um, you know, we'll eventually have them on as well. I was shocked and, and really it, it was very humbling and gratifying and, you know, a little, like, I got emotional about to see how much work they were putting into the, those kind of programs here in the state. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm glad you addressed that. Is there, can you speak to that anymore or not? Like, yeah. what, what's coming in the future for the the whole foster related type education. Yeah, specifically.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So what we did is we took a pause during the pandemic and we said, where can we focus our energy to reach the students who need us the most? And I think it would be no surprise to anyone here that foster care students in foster care are some that might need us the most. So we've done some strategic work to partner with different groups similar to schools. We're meeting those groups wherever their students are. So it looks a little bit different in those different contexts. I would say in some ways we're piloting and we're going to replicate some of the the uh, program implementation that's been really effective. And in this one particular group, through a group called Foster 360, we're piloting a one to two year long der- longer term program where we are going to walk through career readiness and financial literacy with them for two years to be able to see what kind of difference we can make in their lives, not just now, right. but forever.
3: Scott, Is you were going to say me, something. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, once they turn 18, they're out of the foster system, Correct. They or how's that work? I
2: think that I mean, I'm by no means the yeah. expert in foster care, but I will say that that's kind of the traditional thinking. However, the state does have additional resources to carry um youth through, I think their early adult years. And in this case, it was a twenty one year old um gentleman who was uh, who's benefiting from our foster programming right now.
3: That's awesome, especially on the financial literacy part, I mean yeah, yeah
2: or even seems. in career readiness today he said, and i'm and I'm not usually emotional, but I choked up when he said, the difference that it has made, not just to my knowledge, is somebody said to me, I believe in you and that you can actually do this in your future. He got choked up in front of the room today, yeah. and it blew my mind. It made me think we did that for one student. What if we did it for everyone?
3: And Joss um, from J J.A. shared with me a, a letter that uh, wrote he the uh, student wrote. And it was, it it brought me to tears because it's just, it's the impact you can have on someone's life with just a little amount of, you know, giving is it, outstanding. And I don't understand why people don't do that more. And it's hmm. beautiful that
1: Jay is doing that on you know, on the forefront of that. Hmm. So let's go down, let's go back to, let's call it BizTown or the town or your yeah. facility, which is in Tempe.
2: Yep. We have two of them actually in, okay. in Tempe, Jay BizTown. They're in the same building. But they can house as many as you know, a little more than two hundred kids in a day. Typically, we might have one school in each of the towns. Sometimes we're actually comboing schools if they're smaller student base, so that they can come have the experience. But they come once, typically, in a school year.
1: So let's go down that career readiness path of let the audience know because um, you can talk about it. Let's go through like mention some companies and and the industries they represent, and then kind of the why like, how it all looks in a mix. Like, you mentioned the Diamondbacks, and I think you mentioned, I believe, isn't it Southwest Airlines? Or who's there for that? It's American. Sorry.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, Southwest. Sorry,
1: American. I got it wrong. No, no. But, you, you know, if you can... Annie, just go down that a little bit.
2: Yeah, we specifically curate the shops and I'm going to make it sound easy, but our development team works very hard at this to make sure that it's representing the economy these kids are going to not just live in today, but hopefully what the jobs will look like in the future. So we have you mentioned those few. We also have a couple um, quick service restaurants like Raising Cane's or Chick-fil-A so that they get a feel for that. We have entrepreneurs who are maybe opening franchises like Chompies. We have Freeport for mining because that's a big part of our community. We have healthcare like on our Health. We have the civic side of things. We have um, the the town hall that's sponsored by Runback Election Systems. We have a whole spectrum. We also have you know advertisers and higher ed, like Maricopa Community Colleges has just come in with a new shop fun the kids are going to love this next year we have a new meta shop coming in and they're going to have oculus throughout the whole thing and they're going to get a feel for maybe some trade jobs and all right
1: bring the metaverse to reality let's i know go. i don't know we're all about that huh? so the kids
2: are seeing what it looks like today and we have some jobs for the future we have the gig economy in there consulting remote work we're trying to give them a feel for what that's going to look like
1: okay let's take a moment for a word from our sponsors and then we'll come back to that thanks annie
0: Tory Contracting, your full-service Division IX contractor. Tory Contracting operates with a smaller, hands-on team. This cohesive structure results in superior workmanship and economical solutions. We deliver projects with unsurpassed commitment to quality and stewardship of budget. Tory Contracting, small enough to listen, big enough to deliver.
1: Okay, so that's the physical representation. Scott, do you have anything to add about like what that experience is like or the physicality of it and and how it interacts?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's just a smaller view of what, you know, everyday life as an adult is is like and you have to interact, I mean, Phoenix is the biggest small town in, in the world. And so you see, you hear these companies that are all pretty much local to Arizona. It's, it's great that they're giving back. And, you know, I, uh, Sims actually sponsored the American Subcontractors Association on the uh, digital career fair last year. And so, uh, the Subcontractors Association was the face of all trades, and they had so much, um, uh, activity from that, that they ended up sponsoring a booth for three years this next year. So Josh Umar at a, yeah. as a subcontract association. And I
1: was, I was at that event so I can you attest. Yeah. yeah. It was great. It was great to see the tenants and see everyone once they walk through it. Wow. This is real. And like, you, like you said, the facades are not just facades. I mean, it, it feels like you're walking down a main street mm. and there's the bank and there's the medical place and there's this. And yeah, it's, it's pretty cool.
3: It's awesome. And it represents all trades. I know he was part of the Build Your Future Arizona um, that, that uh, I think they have a booth there, too. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it, Rosendon is another uh, a company that is local to Arizona. And it's just awesome to see people wanting to because, you know, there's a, a workforce issue in right. construction trade, not a population issue. And it really starts in our youth that we need to start saying, OK, hey, look, this is a viable option. And you can make really good money and set up, if, talk about financial literacy, literacy, key to financial freedom is financial planning. You can not have student debt and go into trades and be an entrepreneur and really build from, you know, I mean, JJ, like your story, yeah. everyone's story is just awesome to see. And so it, it, it's something that, you know, being from Arizona
1: too, being local, it's important. Right. I mean, big, small town. So you brought up, you know, I I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't take a dig for the building industry. So you talked about Rosendon Electric. Are there any other contractor uh, based people that are involved currently? So
2: what we've done specifically in BizTown is that we actually have a couple shops that are collaborative efforts between a variety of people in the construction building trade work. I can't think off the top of my head. I'm sure we have contractors. It's shame on me. We have many, many that are partnered. Right. But in the shops, I mean, the kids. So, for instance, in Building Arizona, it's one of my favorite shops because they actually don't have a facade when the day starts out. They actually have to build their facade out of PVC pipes and a variety of other things before they can start selling their goods and services to the community. What a cool opportunity for the kids to get a feel for, hey, I like using my hands all the time and I can actually make pretty good money and I probably have less overhead because I'm the one building it versus, you know, the rent. Um, And and in the shops that the subcontractor shop shop and also some of our other shops, they're actually getting to put some stuff together. They're imagining what it's going to be like. You know, there's even tiling and a whole bunch of different components so the kids can see, oh, I can make a ton of money. You said no education debt Mm -hmm. and I can get to work with my hands and enjoy Everything about my future.
1: No, I know my peer group is heavily active with you guys and sponsoring and all those kind of things. And I think you hit the nail on the head. We might not have a as much of a physical presence in in there, but behind the scenes, um, you know, the capital, the investment, because we're investing in it uh for the same reasons that everyone else is, is we want to see that youth enter our workforce and be better community members and all those kind of things. I was be- going to
2: say, too, not just through BizTown, and so you're a peer group, we have thousands of volunteers that go into the classrooms every year for us. We have people who are serving as experts and helping us build out that programming and making it more relevant to kids today. I mean this with all sincerity, and I'm not exaggerating, that all of our partners who are in the trades, industries, and construction and building, all of that is absolutely paramount to our success at Junior Achievement
3: and getting the kids involved like you said like they're doing virtual reality like virtual design you know i mean i believe that's correct yeah so it's it's linking to you know okay what our kids focus on video games well if you can design a building through you know through in a virtual reality that gets you that that gets a kid you know 12 or 13 year old kid excited and then boom you have one person you touch
1: so annie if you would taking the the physical shop out of it. Now let's go into the virtual world and what COVID forced you to do. Mm-hmm. What What is that looking like and what help do you need out of the community in developing that f- for the future?
2: I would say that the place that the kids are the hungriest right now are for understanding where their place could be in trades. So I loved your comment that it's not a population problem, it's a workforce problem. and that starts with the kids, right? That doesn't just start with the high schoolers who are about to finish or the kids who are already in community college or looking at what they're doing. We need to look at the kids at a younger age. We need to meet them when they're in those exploration stages and help them see what's out there in our community. And so um, I mentioned that JA Inspire program that we've launched. It's an all virtual career exploration program and fair. So similar to JA BizTown, where the students are learning in a classroom or on their own through a guided lesson, they're taking several lessons to ha- hone in on what those interest areas are, what maybe their skills are. That all culminates when they come online to our JA Inspire Career Fair, and they get to connect with hundreds of employers and see What real jobs are here in Arizona for them now and it will be in their future? And what are the pathways to get there? That's where I think things break down sometimes, especially in the trades, is they might hear about it. It might feel a little nebulous out there for them. Maybe they have a bias against or, you know, maybe not any opinion at all about the trades. But once they see those pathways and what those opportunities could be, that set them on that way. And they're going to be an amazing workforce pipeline in the future.
1: So, on that, do you have any direct collaboration that, let's say, they show an interest in that? Then let's let's take like Scott. Let's take ASA out of this, which is the American Subcountry Association. But what if what if that child or that the, those that group of children come to you, meaning J A, and say, "Oh, I'm really interested." Then do you then collaborate with like the EVITS or the community colleges or even the higher universities? How do you get them set? How do you get them patterned into the next thing?
2: Yeah, so that is one of the things that we are really, really refining right now. And so the short answer is, historically, we maybe didn't have that next step for them in terms of where to kind of hand them off to. But as I mentioned, we just joined on a partnership with Maricopa Community Colleges. Mm. We're talking with ASU. We have U of A, Arizona Western College. We actually have a variety of our partners in the trades who have apprenticeship programs and things like that. We want to integrate all of that into JA Inspire. So my first thing I would say is, for all of those people listening, if you have internships, apprenticeships, anything that is kind of a next step work-based experience for kids, let us know so we can make sure. Because you're
1: getting to them so much sooner.
2: Yeah, we're getting to, I mean, we're getting to, we estimate 75,000 kids through that program this year. That's huge. And so let us tell these 75,000 kids about what opportunities they have with you in the future. And then tell them they can go and they can get an apprenticeship and then you know maybe not have education debt and start making... Significantly higher money out the gate, right? Than what they might do otherwise. So we need hundreds and hundreds more companies on there because we want kids to see what's available in their own backyard. They can navigate through their interest areas and they can learn more about those companies. And then again, those next level work based experiences we need to know about them so we can hand deliver those to the kids.
1: Well, you teed it up now. Ask for the close with the audience. Then how, who, who, and how should they contact you to get set up in to share their internships, and share their mentoring programs with you.
2: Yeah. I would reach out to Jenny Clausen. She's our director of the J.A. Inspire program. She's J-E-N-N-I-E-C at dot org, or just look us up, jaz.org, zorg and any of us will be happy to connect to you because it is one of our biggest strategic priorities is helping kids see what those pathways look like for the future.
1: That's 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 fantastic news. I think Let me just cool.
2: say, too, yeah. it's a $1,000 for a booth. In terms of a booth in the career fair, right. in terms of an ROI or recruiting budget, that is next to nothing. When you look at our impact stats that, say, 50% of our kids go into a career field that we expose them to. So I, I only have to put that plug out there and right. say, look at your recruiting budgets and... Put that I'll, booth in
3: there. I'll continue with the plug. Uh, the subcontractors association had 2,600 kids visit their booth, and I think 22 of 100 of those kids visited twice. Yep. And so that was pretty cool
2: and that was of 10,000 this year. So imagine at 25,000 and we are so grateful for Scott that was group.
1: probably baiting him with $5 bills, but that's beside the point.
2: <laughs> no, but to your point though, we do have gamification in there and some yeah. competition so that we're keeping the kids engaged and it's not just a click through things. They have to learn and seek out specific information and then they go on their own breadcrumb trail. All
1: right. Let me go down another path and then I'll come back. To, I want to go down a little bit of Scott's journey, but one other question I had was Let's say I'm a kid here in Arizona that's gone through J. JA. What do you do to expose them to other kids in JA nationally? Are there national events? Do they get interaction with other stuff? Um, because I swear that I saw something when we were doing a development with JA, with Joss, like two years ago there was that national thing that was really cool. So can you speak to that?
2: Yeah, there's a variety of different opportunities. One thing that that JA has done is what's called the Gather Network. So people who are alumni, Scott, I'm looking at you, they sign up and basically self-opt into that Gather Network so they can become connected to other alumni, likely adults across the country or even worldwide. We also have some programs that we do called the JA Young Ambassadors. These are local students that take it a step further. So picture Scott when he's in fifth grade. He doesn't just leave JA at fifth grade. He comes on board with us and we give them re- richer, more deep, um, individualized connections into things. And so we are happy to connect any student with anybody nationally. There are some leadership competitions and things like that that happen at the national level. But even here in Arizona, we can connect them to tens of thousands of their peers.
1: Fun. All right, Scott, you're up. So we talked about fifth grade, Scott. You know the the innocent, naive. <laughs> not saying you've changed much, but I'll just leave it at that. So, how think of you as an adult now? And as long as I've known you, um, you know I saw your passion for JA early on when we first met as an entrepreneur and businessman locally. How do you relate back to JA daily, weekly, monthly? Just as who you are now as a businessman. I mean, where's where's the connection? Let the audience know like how much it meant to you and why. More the why. Okay.
3: I mean, well, obviously meant a lot to me, but the why is really because you can, I mean, when you have a goal in life, anything you, you need to have you know, targeted out to, a, let's say, a five-year plan, but reverse engineer it down to a day-to-day life. Uh, you know, day-to-day process. And that's really what a day in, I call it Exchange City still, but mm-hmm. in BizTown does, is like you see the whole picture, but it's all about what you do in the dark, that 14 weeks leading up to it, that really makes you, or breaks your, you know, your business in that day. And when you can translate that into life, and you can translate that into every, every day, you know, wh- what you do matters in, you know, the community, in different organizations you give back to. You know, you solve a bigger problem that with just you know, a, I guess, sorry, but like a ripple in the ocean, right? You right. drop a little 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 rock, and it makes a big ripple effect. Mm. That big, cha- that little difference makes a big change, and that's why I love Arizona so much, is because that's you look at like the people who give to JAS, you know, the DP Electrics, you know, Rosendin, you know, that's all right. these, you know, Sims. It's it's about the community, and yep. it's those little things that will set us up for the future. And that's why we're different than a lot of the other states. And like from an economy standpoint.
1: Right. I mean, we've heard the feel good story. Now I got to go back to you, Annie. Is like any good business or or just not even a business person, do you have the analytics to support how much this is impacting people's lives?
2: Absolutely. I feel like we wouldn't be doing ourselves a service if we're trying to teach kids about business and and
1: money. Not have analytics, yeah. What's my ROI, darn it?
2: So as I mentioned today, we just announced we're going to have reached over 100,000 kids this school year here in Arizona. And we look at things like alumni surveys that are done and we see that On average, our students are earning more than the general population. They're seeking and achieving higher levels of graduation rates than here in Arizona. They're seeking and achieving higher um, college degrees. In fact, many go on to get advanced. And some of the staggering statistics talking about entrepreneurship is that these students, over 50% have either started or own their own business compared to the general population. Many, many have revenues of 4 million or even a hundred million. They're employing over a hundred people. I mean, think about, talk about that ripple effect. If junior achievement didn't exist, and these students are saying 80% say that junior achievement had a high influence in those career and education decisions. If we didn't exist, think about how many jobs wouldn't exist, how much money wouldn't be in the economy that same, in that same fashion and quite frankly how many kids wouldn't believe it was possible for them
3: and the kicker it's free for students for schools absolutely they don't they don't charge schools anything to come there it's all underwritten by the donation donations or like if they have field trip money they'll ask for that like oh that's given by the state but other than that it's free i don't know why every
1: school doesn't do it what about we haven't talked about the 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 annual cycle are you is it year round or you do you take off summer while the schools are out as well
2: typically summer is our slow planning and prep time And in this new world, we're going to serve at least 3,000 kids this summer. We're already serving them through a robust partnership with Boys and Girls Club. We're serving all of their kids in all of the clubs around the valley, bringing not just one, but several programs to the students this summer. So they're going to walk away with JA education and the great impact of Boys and Girls Club, too.
1: Going back to the early part. There were two distinct things, and I I know one of them was career career readiness as far as your initiatives. What was the second one again?
2: Financial literacy and and entrepreneurship.
1: Okay. Let's go down the financial literacy one. Mm -hmm. What can you speak specific to that of of what's the programmatic approach and then what are the goals coming out of that?
2: Yeah. So the two, career readiness and financial literacy, go hand in hand, right? You can have the best job in the world. If you don't know how to manage that money, it means nothing, right? Pro athletes go broke all the time. So we teach kids how to manage their money. We teach them about the obstacles. We teach them about budgeting. We teach them about the opportunities to invest. We teach them on the um, business side of things, how to take out that loan at the start of the day and make sure they have enough revenue to bring it back at the end. Financial literacy is one of the key things for people to being able to live out the life they hope for themselves. And so we're teaching them to get those jobs and then to be able to manage their money when they have them and live the life that they hope.
3: And talking with some peers, you know, people want financial literacy to be a subject taught in class, in, in schools. And I think, you know, Genuine Treatment Chicago is actually the middle school, sixth and seventh grade. They're they're employing teachers to go in there for a whole year and teach financial literacy as a subject. Right. And that's awesome. Well, I mean, that's,
1: you've that, heard that advocacy for a long, long time. Right. Yeah. I mean, and if you guys are the catalyst for that, then that's great. I mean, maybe you are the ripple in the ocean on that because mm-hmm. then— the educational systems have the the backing of you guys setting the precedent of then they can go do it.
2: Yeah, and we do. We have robust financial literacy programs. We actually have those semester-long programs. We're not currently delivering those in Arizona, but that's just because the schools are not yet ready for that kind of structure. All that to say, there are several states who have made it a semester-long requirement, and I do see that we may move that way in the future. The good news is we're ready for it. Cool. We can do that for the schools, and we can make a difference.
1: We're going to take a second word from our sponsor, and then we're going to come right back. There comes a time when dreams become a reality, when you see your vision materialize into a true work of art. And the only way to get there is to choose a general contractor who shares that same vision and knows how
0: to bring it to life. At Blue Wave, we aren't so big that we've forgotten where we've come from, and we aren't so small that we can't care for your projects
1: regardless of their size. When your vision deserves safety, perfection, timeliness, and expertise in order to become a reality, trust Blue Wave to get it done right the first time. We're back with Scott and Annie. And Annie, you, you touched on this a little bit earlier, but let's spend a little time going down. I think you did a good job, but if there's more asks or specific things that you want to do on the future of Jay, like what are the new initiatives coming out Um, Do you want to go a little deeper on any of those subjects or not?
2: Yeah, so we are looking at a variety of different programming that we can either augment or incorporate so that we're reaching all the students that are uh, in the state, you know, corner to corner, and we're bringing our programming to them. So in terms of opportunities to get involved, I cannot emphasize enough the importance of having a wide array of trades and, you know, anybody in all aspects of that, even on the business administrative side, not necessarily the the hard skills. We need people to come in and partner with us and help kids see what that future looks like. So see it as a viable future. And then we're creating more collaborative partnerships that we can say, Great. Maricopa Community College has programming in this, this, and this. Or these companies have these apprenticeships. Here is that funnel. So I would say, come. I know I already made that plug, but come and be part of this mission with us. And also, if you have the means to do so, we're asking for investment. We have... Millions of dollars in needs every year. And you talked about that cyclical programming, right? Yes, we have lots of support. And every year we have to raise more. We're looking for an, a budget of about $6 million next year. And where is that going to come from? Hopefully, that really rich Deep community of businesses in Arizona who care about the future of Arizona,
3: and not just businesses. I know they're doing uh, like you know if you have if you're a family or that's been impacted and you want to do a tax credit or a tax write off, you can do that too, as well as a single as a person personal
1: donation, right? Scott,
2: I feel like you're doing just as good a good job as I am. <laughs>
1: do you um, J. do you even have like endowments that contribute or things like that? We
2: do. So we have a foundation that is a Junior Achievement Foundation that serves with us that is in tandem with us. We have lots and lots of needs, and we also have lots of innovation projects that are on the horizon. I think it would be better suited if somebody has kind of their their wheels turning and they're hearing this just to connect with us, connect with Joss or anybody else on our team to really see where best you fit in that mix because we want it to be rewarding to the partners and most meaningful for the kids. Scott, you mentioned the tax credit. That is the easiest kind of no-brainer opportunity every year. You get that back dollar for dollar on your Arizona tax return and you can donate up to $800 per couple, which equates to 24 kids. You can shape the future of 24 kids, just like Scott, just like that student in foster care that spoke to me today. You You can shape their futures and get it all back on your 2022 tax return. That's crazy.
1: Hide that money, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, mean, I hope the IRS isn't listening. Well,
3: where the taxes go—that's everyone's big question. Is you see the direct impact that your yeah. taxes can go to, and it's look around you. I mean, that's a lot. Of, I mean, I've Josh will tell you a bunch of stories. I mean, do it if you're if you're intrigued. Definitely go take a tour. But you know, Josh will tell you well, some, some people who volunteer will go in and they say their company like Honor Health. CFO or CEO? The CEO. Son or daughter had it in their class. He came back and he pledged 15 years, I think it was. Okay,
2: but the CEO of Honor Health is a JA alumni, just like you. Met his wife through a junior achievement and will tell you that he was positioned to lead a healthcare system through the pandemic. Because of what he learned. So J.A. is a dating junior.
1: site now, too. Apparently. Yeah. That's one of our new initiatives. Hey, come, come to work. Meet your future partner. Hey, didn't I hear that? Total turnkey approach there. I
2: heard about a bromance when I came in <laughs> earlier, so.
1: All right. We, we, we wouldn't be doing justice if, if and I'm going to let you guys do the introduction. We keep talking about Joss. It's, this isn't like some inflatable doll that we keep talking about. He actually is a person. So one of you take and let the audience know who Joss is and what his role is and, and who, what he represents to J.A.
3: I actually don't really know his f- official title, but... Um, Custodial engineer yeah. is fine for him. <laughs> he's the yeah.
2: senior vice president of Major Gifts. He's been with JA for over 15 years. Yeah. yeah.
3: So actually, I think it was, not to date myself, but his first year was my fifth grade year at um, <laughs> at Junior Achievement. But no, he just is very active in the community. He's very good at showing people the value that they'll get, not only from giving, but the value that you know their kids or someone else's kids that they know will receive from Junior Achievement. And it's... It's like again, it's
1: free for students in schools. Like it's it's right there. Like why would we? well, he he does like what all of us wanna do? You don't sell, you just you show and show the value and then you're you you're sucked in. Right? Yeah. Well he's I like th- you, he asked the first question, how can I help? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, he I mean, I joke all the time that he is just he's the kind of person that will invite you in and you can't even leave the room without feeling like, oh, I have to be part of that. He has the easy job in terms of being able to sell something he's really passionate about. I know he's going to he's gonna hate that I said it's an easy job, but it's something that really matters to him, to all of us on our team because we see that long-term impact. So he gets to invite everybody in. He's also, I will say, the most humble person I've ever met, and he would never... Take any of the credit for the great work he does because all he does is he cares about connecting with the community and helping them find their place within JA and making a difference on the kids. And I think you see that in decades of partnerships, much like the ones that we're talking about here, because of that impact.
1: Now, in that giving thing, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that, let's say someone's listening or watching this and they generally want to give, but they have this trepidation or they don't understand what it's all about. Yes, you have a website, but you guys do still allow tours, correct?
2: Absolutely. We give tours all day, every day. And that's where the best kept secret, secret that we don't want to be. We want people to come see it, come see it in action. Summertime is going to be slow, right? There's only a couple of weeks where students are going to be in the towns when school's out. However, you can come during the school year. You can see students that maybe there's a particular region or area that you're interested in because it's in your backyard. Maybe there's a typical population that you might be interested in serving. Connect with us. We're happy to give you a tour and we're happy to find that place for you.
1: All right.
3: I'll give you a tour too if you want. I don't know if
1: anybody wants that. <laughs> I mean, but. again,
2: you might do just as good a job as any of us would.
1: <laughs> the ambassador of Kwan, Scott Tager. <laughs> um, Scott, again, back to you as as now a longtime resident, a local young man. now no, still a young man, and and a successful businessman. What what else can you talk about or or pitch? Not pitch. I don't like that word, but you know, from the heart, talk about how JAA either has changed you or what it's still doing to you in, in, in your daily dealings?
3: Yeah, I mean, really, like, uh, being a part of, I mean, we're a 43-year-old family-owned company, Simses, and so you talk about would the impact of the trade workforce hurt us? People, short answer would say no, but long-term, yeah, it would, because we thrive off small businesses. I mean, well, that's, our, that's our market, and when, if a small business doesn't have the workforce, they can't bid on jobs, they can't get, they can't, it's just, the impact to the economy is huge. And so we would lose out on that. And then that it has a ripple, a negative ripple effect. We would dry up, they would dry up. And it's it's about supporting a healthy economy in your city, in your town. I mean, I mean look around you, you see construction everywhere.
0: Right.
3: It, 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 people have to turn down jobs, bids right now, because there's too much. And why is that an issue? If it's in a, buff well, if it's hyperinflation, then recession. But, you know, well,
1: you, remember, you already answered the question. It's not a population problem. It's a workforce right. problem. <laughs> I can't say the same thing twice.
3: You know? <laughs> but no, it, it really, if you don't do something about it, like, you know, the, I was told by one of my mentors a long time, is like, if you want to have little sales, solve little problems. Yep. If you want to have big sales, solve big problems. And so that, you know, that is really the key to this is like, what's a big problem? Well, the, the workforce issue. So let's try to solve it.
1: It helps the company, helps Sims. It's it, it benefits everyone. By the way, inspirational quotes by Scott will be out <laughs> on its uh, third edition on Ken- <laughs> Kindle next next week. Anything else that you'd like to add? I mean, we're 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 we still have some time, but I just want to give you kind of the platform of anything else you'd like to share, or add, or ask of the audience.
2: Yeah, what I think that you sparked in my mind is something that we say all the time, Scott. That the future of our shared success depends on how we show up today with kids today. So the workforce, I mean, that is a massive problem. And that's something that we know is not going to go away. And it's not going to be solved by the immediate, let's try to bring in the the currently employable population right now. It's not solving that pipeline problem. But at Junior Achievement, we already have solutions for that for the long term. And so we are just looking to replicate that and make sure that we're not just reaching 100,000 kids We're very proud of that. Not many nonprofits can say they're doing that, but that means there's still over a million kids in Arizona who are not yet getting junior achievement programs. We want to make sure those students can get that access to those same programs, that same learning, and that same vision for their own future. And like I said before, we could not do it without the subcontractors, without the general contractors, without all of the companies doing the, the labor work for us. We need those partners to come in and make a difference for our kids. We will equip our volunteers. So listen, everybody, listen, we need you as volunteers too. Not just your, not just your investment. We need your volunteer time. We will train you. We will give you the curriculum, but you will be the magic to help them hear what difference it's going to make in their future, to help them see what success looks like, to help them say, oh, he did that, and he, he ran for mayor, and he didn't get it, and look what success he's doing today, right, Scott?
3: <laughs> in, fairness, in fairness, when I went back for the first time, you know, some odd years later, Joss did make me mayor, and I have a picture in my office of me
1: sitting at the mayor's <laughs> desk, so I did
3: get to live my dream.
1: It's sad that the background check uh, came up negative in fifth grade, though. <laughs> But, um hold it. Let's Annie, you hit on a really big thing and I was thinking of if I'm a if I'm a listener, what is an example of volunteerism? Because we, have, we haven't defined that.
2: That is a great question. We have a couple of different volunteer needs. When we get specific to the J.A. Bistown program that we keep referencing, we need volunteers every day during the school year to come in and kind of serve as a home base for the kids. We're helping keep them on track. We're helping them answer hard questions, but also helping them see some of those aha's in the day not solving their business problem, right? Oh, we're falling short on our revenue. We're not going to make this bill. What should I do? But really just helping them problem solve and critical think. And then we also have all of our program that happens exclusively in the classroom every year. That's about 65,000 kids. Those are volunteers that go in and teach five to seven lessons either once a week over several weeks or Through a full day at a school. It's exhausting, but the best day you'll ever spend teaching those lessons and imparting your personal experience. We just estimated today that it's going to take us probably close to 8,000 volunteers to deliver our programs during the next school year. And that's 8,000? Yep. And that is not a light lift, right? That's 8,000 people giving their time and their expertise and their knowledge to help make the lives of a classroom or multiple classrooms better in the future.
3: And yeah, I talk to a lot of people and a lot of people like to talk about the problems that, that are going on. So to that, just don't talk about it, be about it, you know, get be off a so,
1: volunteer. Get off of social media and come right? help. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> if you have the time to opine on a platform, you can come help. Exactly. Hey, um, one thing I was, I was just thinking about a lot of people that I know in, in the background of developmentally disabled and things like mm-hmm. that. Are you able to bridge that through any JA programs or is that just sometimes too challenging?
2: No, we are. So I, I, I don't want to, you know, overpromise that we can meet the needs of every student. Right. Although I can say that very, very often we have students, say, for instance, are designated in the special ed category at a school. They come with the rest of the students and they participate in JA BizTown. And we get letters every year from teachers who say, this student who is nonverbal, had the best experience going around being the male person or serving in a restaurant role or serving in some kind of dynamic role where they're engaging with their student peers. We hear all the time students who maybe have some kind of of, uh, challenge that maybe that we can't all connect to, but they see that potential in themselves and they're encouraged and inspired and confident.
1: Is there a wait list for companies to be in, in the biz town? Oh. For the for the actual business, like how is this the, how does your process of vetting, yeah, a bank or a, a company to come in and be a participant?
2: So shame on me, I don't know offhand. Joss would be the best person to okay. know. What I would say is we do curate it, right? So it's not like we're just going to have twenty restaurants come in right. or even twenty subcontractors, right? So I will say that we have a couple that we do have a couple openings and a couple of spaces that are available right now. Um, we have some people looking at it. And if there's anybody listening that's interested, don't let that uh, sway, you. sway yeah. you because we want to make sure that the kids are getting experience from the right kinds of companies in their community.
1: Scott, sales manager, Scott, put the hat on. Any last words to for recruitment or advocacy, I should say? Yeah, I mean, talk about
3: a, an organization that, well, wants to promote generational wealth and transformational leadership, you know, that's Junior Achievement. And so you look at, like, that's why Alliance Bank signed up. That's why the Subcontractors Association signed up. You know, that's why people are doing that because they want to make an impact and it's really easy to do it. So just do it.
1: Awesome. With that, I'm going to wrap it up. Scott Taggart, um, Annie Landers, thank you so much for coming and representing Junior Achievement. When you see Scott's name on the next mayoral <laughs> candidacy, <laughs> choose wisely, everyone. Thank you. I'm J.J. Levinsky We're wrapping, it up, yeah, wrapping well. it up for Mac and Blue this episode. Thank you.
0: You've been listening to The Mac and Blue Show, brought to you by Tory Contracting and Blue Wave General Contracting. Be sure to subscribe to The Mac and Blue Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Follow Robert Johnson and J.J. Levinsky on LinkedIn and Instagram. Tune in live every first and third Thursday at 3 p.m. as we continue to introduce you to the people building Arizona. Walt Disney said, You can dream, create, design, and build the most wonderful place in the world, but it requires people to make the dream a reality. Until next time, make it a great day.